hello again, everybody, and welcome in to another episode of the Prep Extra Podcast brought to you by the Lincoln Journal Star. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Extra, and alongside with me is Luke Mullen. Luke, another week of high school sports. We had some good games. I mean, the season continues to go. We're already in mid-January, and we're closing down uh, on this first month of the new year, and I mean... Eking closer and closer to district play. It's in the rearview mirror. It's right in front of us at the moment. Yeah, less than six weeks. Soon it'll be a month, and then soon it'll be here. I mean, I, I'm sure I can't believe it's about halfway through the season. And you know, for teams now, it's it's a little bit less of oh, you know, there's still so much time. It's like okay, we're we're getting into crunch time yep. here. If you've got stuff to figure out, it's time to time to do it. Yeah, at this point in the season, you're starting to see where the trends are going in terms of those top teams in each class and about who are the question marks of whether or not they're going to be making it to state and whatnot. Uh, we mentioned it was gut check week a couple of weeks ago in Lincoln. I think yeah. right now it's kind of that spot for everyone who isn't like a clear-cut contender. Would you yeah. agree? Oh, for sure. It's kind of like, I don't know, feeling your way through the dark a little yeah. bit. It's like obviously there's that light at the tunnel of postseason play. But, you know, the games to get up to it, it's it's really interesting, too, because obviously you can start fast, but if you if you fall off, it means yeah. literally nothing. I mean, yeah. these games are, are slightly more valuable. I mean, you got wild card points, you know, yep. going through your head now. Obviously that stuff, you know, it all adds up from the start of the season, too. But now you're really starting to, to kind of worry about those things and, and take it all into account. Well, we did have a great week of basketball, as always, is around the state of Nebraska. We're going to start in girls, as always, in Class A. And probably, I mean, the team of the week had to be Lincoln High. Defeated number 6 Lincoln Pius, 53-47. And then nearly beat, they played number 1 Millard South close, 77-68. to They're up to number 5 in this week's rankings by our fearless leader, Clark Grell. And Luke, I mean... Clark, I believe, wrote a feature about them. I mean, their their stock is up. Definitely. And we discussed it, too. You know, when, when you have two games that tough, really just to be competitive in both, you know, that, that is presumably the, the bare minimum. You know, if you're able to beat one of those teams, okay, then you have a really good weekend. And, yeah, they had a great weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was at that Pius game, and definitely, I mean, we've talked about it. The Bolts are, are a really tough team, you know, still running that same offense. Uh, you know, some great players with a couple seasons of varsity experience. But Lincoln High, they just play hard. And definitely, you know, I think it depends a lot on their three-point shooting. You know, they had another really good offensive day against Millard South. I mean, 77-68, that's a, that's a college score right there, you know. Those two teams, they really put up put up the points in that one. But against Pius, you know, really the three-point shooting was key. You know, defense late, you know, obviously you have a – a team who hasn't maybe made the state tournament hasn't been tested in those those huge you know late game scenarios, but they handled it super well. Uh, obviously, a lot of a lot of young players with potential on that team, and definitely they were one of those teams in the mix. You know, we were evaluating. We don't know if they're a top five, if they're just top ten, top five right now. Obviously, a lot of games left to play, but definitely looking strong in a contender. Fun fact: Dominique Kelly, their head coach. Nebraska graduate. She played for the women's team back in the day. And I mean, it's an interesting story, too, because this was a Lincoln High program that was bottom of the barrel five-ish years ago, but they've slowly gotten their way up, and all of a sudden, 
they get a couple of big games go their way, and they are in that discussion of possibly making state semis if they get that far. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities, and the Lincoln High community is certainly behind them and fascinated to see what happens with this team down the stretch. Across the city, you have Lincoln East. They fell flat to Omaha Central, who is a top three team in Class A, 48-28 loss there. Uh, and Lincoln Northeast played number 9 Miller North close as they crack uh, the top 10. But again, Luke, we have a lot of big games in Class A this week as well. Yeah, definitely a lot of, a lot of changes to come. I think we were watching those two results to see you know, how these Lincoln teams kind of separate themselves out. East a little bit below 500 right now. Northeast above it had some some good efforts against top 10 opposition, uh, definitely showing their quality even if they haven't been able to to crack that big win yet, but it could come this week. In Class B, the big storyline was Norris, just about 20 miles south of us here in Lincoln. The number 5 Titans beat number 3 York 42-33, to a good result there. Definitely. I mean, only one loss this season, pretty lengthy, uh, a winning streak that they're on right now, I believe. And, you know, still some of those players back. Uh, from last year, obviously, the volleyball team had great success. Uh, softball team, too. You know, they they have a ton of athletic talent down there in Norris. And Coach Mark Hagerman, he does a great job uh, getting that offense going. You know, they, they score when they need to. They pack it in when they need to. Great. Uh, just at situational basketball. So York was looking really strong up there at number three. Might might be Norris's spot, you know, in the next rankings. I mean, they were, they were right there last year. And, and obviously, there's a reason why they're back up at it. Then in C1, Broken Bow had a decent week. They beat Carney Catholic, a big result, 65-29. Then they got humbled a little bit, uh, losing to Elkhorn North, 89-31. That was in a neutral site game. But, I mean, you could take that loss with a grain of salt. I mean, Elkhorn North is one of the top girls' basketball teams in the state, period. Uh, but they defeated Carney Catholic. That one's kind of a rivalry, and that one's a big regional game, too, in terms of districts and whatnot so big result for sure I mean that was a a big one you know just to see where the C1 picture kind of shapes up Carney Catholic uh you know one of those teams that always plays a tough schedule too yep. so 10 and 5 on the year you know you take that with a with a little pinch of salt in your back pocket because you know they they play such a tough schedule versus Broken Bow only their third loss of the year to to Elkhorn North there they're looking like a very strong team you know, we, we still have that group at the top, North Bend Central, Wahoo, uh, Lincoln Lutheran, GICC, that have been there pretty much all year in, in Clark Glow's ratings. And I don't think a lot is going to change among that top four. But if anybody's looking to break in, I mean, Broken Bow definitely showed against C1 opposition that they're right there with them. Then in C2, Cardi Catholic, their rough week continued. They lost to top-rated Hastings St. Cecilia, 38-33, played them close. But, again, that still solidifies uh, the Hawkeyes as the number one team in C2. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy just to look at over the last, I think, five seasons what, what Hastings St. Cecilia has done in, in both C1 and C2, I believe. You know, they've, they've bounced back and forth a little bit, and it doesn't matter. I mean, they're always there up there at the top, undefeated 15-0 and right now, I believe. So, I mean, it— Definitely that Bridgeport team is is right up there as, you know, a challenger in C2. But really when you have that experience, you know, that state tournament pedigree, definitely Hastings, the team to beat there in C2. Well, that's what happened in girls basketball around the state. Again, previewing at the end of the show, we will preview what's coming up and plenty of big games in the girls basketball scene. In Class A in boys, it was a sad result on Saturday. My 
Lincoln Northeast Rockets. They they lost to Miller North 71-55, and they lost to uh, um, or excuse me Miller North and came back with a big win overall on Central 53-48. Luke, you were at Miller North Northeast, correct? Yep. All right, tell me what you saw. Well, I mean, it's it's all about Jason Green. When you're playing Miller North, they you know they have a quality seven eight you know nine man rotation. There's no doubt about that. They got good ball handlers. They got guys who can shoot the three, but none of it happens without Green. I mean, he is just such a presence in the middle of the court. So physical, you know, he's always in the right spot for the boards. And what really I think threw Northeast off its game plan was just his shot blocking presence. I think he blocked four or five shots in the first half. And Northeast, that's a team who's got some aggressive guards, love taking it to the basket, kick and shoot, you know, that kind of style of offense. And that really threw them off. You know, they they were looking for those three-point shots a lot more in the second half. You know, didn't want to get get those drives into the lane blocked. And Green, you know, he he made his impact on the offensive end too. Quite a few uh, layups and, and buckets in the paint. Porter Basil, he you know he had a good game. I think honestly, defending him kept Green quiet for for most of the game, but picked up four fouls there at the end, and not a lot of depth. You know, in terms of big men there at Northeast, wow. most of their guys, uh, you know, six four kind of guard stature too. So that definitely hurt them too. But you know, talking to head coach Monty Ritchie after the game, he said, you know, we knew this was going to be a challenge. You know, they've they've been winning at the highest level for each of the last few seasons, so. You know, Porter's going to get better from going up against a guy like Jason Green. And definitely a learning experience shows that, you know, there's still kind of a gap between those yeah. elite OPS schools. I wrote a column up on, on Monday about that if you want to go and read it. And so there, there's definitely still work for Northeast to do, but it was close for a while. I mean, it was a close first half, so definitely some positives. The Rockets started out 10-0. and They've lost two out of their last three, including Lincoln Pius the 10th in a rematch of the Hack Championship and then most recently – Millard North. They do have another fellow in-city opponent this weekend. That is a big one. We'll talk about that a little later. Uh, but continuing going down the list in Class A, Southwest loses to Gretna in overtime, and Gretna coming off that huge win against Bellevue West right now. They're the hot team in Class A. Definitely. I mean, they're they're up there at number six in my rankings now, highest spot that they've been all year. Um, you know, I always had them as kind of a top ten team, you know, a lot of potential. And the thing about this Gretna team is I think five of their top eight are sophomores, yeah. have a very young rotation, um, you know, obviously a lot going on with, with head coach Brad Feekin battling cancer right now. So, you know, they, they're an inspired group. You know, they had a, a great kind of fall athletic run as well. And you just get these teams, you know, they, they go on a run. Obviously, they have some big games coming up too, which is going to be interesting to see if they can keep it going. Elkhorn South, Papio South, and Central – in their next three games, but I will say at this point in time, I mean, Gretna, they look like a team that can win tough games. They've had a, a few letdowns, a few disappointing performances where, you know, maybe the ball hasn't really been going in or their offense never really got going. You look at that Pius and Omaha North games, 33 and 38 points in those losses, but right now, I mean, Gretna haven't beat Bellevue West, haven't beat Southwest, you know, another top 10 presumptive state tournament team beaten prep as well. I mean, that's that's not a team you want to play at State no, no. when they've demonstrated they can beat teams like that. Well, yeah, again, a really young group. And we talked about it during the preseason and how this is a – Gretna's team is a dark horse team. Yeah. And they can oh, pull yeah. some upsets. And they certainly have followed that narrative. And, I mean, they play Omaha Westside on February 17th, second-to-last game of the regular season. 
that certainly could be an indicator of where they're at. So very excited for that one, and that is a group that is just going off right now. Going back to the city, the biggest result of the weekend was Lincoln High defeating Lincoln Pius X. I mean, again, impressive win by Lincoln High. But I think more of the question is where does this leave us with this Lincoln Pius X group? They're obviously very, very talented. I mean they have two D1 commits. But it's just they've been on and off, on and off. When are we going to see them hit some sort of a stride or is this who they are? Absolutely. I've been wondering the same thing. I thought that Northeast matchup was indicative of them yeah. kind of hitting their stride. But back to the basics a little bit, you know, you you have to wonder sometimes those back-to-back Friday-Saturday games are really tough yeah. to prepare for. you got a, a one-day prep, so it's usually the second game, I think, that you know gives a little more issue. But, you know, Lincoln High, that that's obviously a team that has shown potential, and I don't think there's any doubt that was one of their best shooting nights of the year coinciding with one of Pius's worst in the first half. So, you know, a little bit of, you know, if you play that game 10 times, you know, law of averages will run its course. But ultimately, I mean, Pius, I had him, I think, number three preseason. Now they're number 10. They're in danger, really, of, of falling out of no. the top 10. You know, their their district seating is, is starting to come into question, you know, looking at being a district host versus, you know, a two seed and getting a pretty difficult draw, you know. Don't forget, last year they lost districts too. So I think some there's probably going to be some concerned practices going on there at Pius over the next couple of weeks. But I do think the good news is they've kind of hit really the hardest patch of their schedule. You look at Kearney, Norfolk, and then a, a huge game, one that I'm very interested in, playing number one in Class B, Omaha Scott. Those are their next three games. And until they see Miller North later in the year, a bunch of teams around 500. You know, teams that are tough to beat, but really if you get rolling, you'll start accumulating those wild card points again. And if you can't get rolling, then ultimately yeah. you're not at where you want to be in the season and you got bigger fish to fry. Yeah, and Luke, just looking at that schedule, they have, do have a good stretch of games after that Scut matchup to kind of clean things up before they have to take on Miller North on February 12th. Um, so it's this Pies team's out of crossroads here and we'll see what comes out of yeah. it I'm really fascinated to see lincoln east now six and five with four of those losses coming to top 10 teams i mean they got one of the best scores in class a i mean it's a team that will be a two three seed depending on things turn out in district play more likely a two i mean that's not a team i don't know why i would want to face yeah post-season. for sure i think you know that that east team just has kind of the feeling to me of, you know, they're they're going to go on a run there at some point, you know, whether it's in the end of January, whether it's in February, whether it's in districts, you know, who knows where it's going to come. But they have so many talented players, and they've played such a tough schedule, you know, really that uh, that's going to help them down the road. And obviously, you kick it back to last year, I mean, they, they had a losing record. I mean, I don't think anybody thought they were going to make state, go on a fantastic district run. No put up a really good performance in the state tournament too, um, especially during the first half of that game. So I think this Lincoln East bunch, you know, they've had a tough go of things, but obviously a lot a lot of time left for them haven't even played half of their regular season games. So, Well, that's all happening in Class A. Not much happened in Class B, but we do want to talk about Platteview really quick. They made it to the state last year, and they came in this year as a top five team in Class B. 
They're currently riding a four-game losing streak, but read off their opponents. Number two, Omar Ankali. Number four, Bennington. C1, number one, Ashland Greenwood. And number three, Wahoo. And man, that's brutal. We talked about it a little bit last week. But then Connor Milliken, who we'll talk about a little later as well, dropped 55 points on Nebraska City. <laughs> I don't even I don't even think I can do that on 2K. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, maybe I'm just bad at the video game or something, but I mean, that is just crazy. And I think I think he didn't even play in most of the fourth quarter either. It was uh, a pretty lopsided almost 30-point win there as well. So, I mean, that's just crazy when you have a guy of that potential. I mean, he's he's out there dropping 25, 30 on a on a pretty nightly basis, so he obviously has that reach to have a blow up game like this. When you make twenty field goals, I mean, man, he's been he's been in the gym quite a lot. I mean that that does not happen without practice. So definitely Platview, I think, a little bit uh, a little bit uh, not not having the easiest go of things. You know, just by scheduling the teams around them, yeah. you know, it's not like they're driving halfway across the state to to play these big top five games. They're just scheduling the schools that are near them and. It turns out they're having great years, too. So that Platteview team, we'll see them, I'm sure, at, at the state tournament again in March. And Milliken, he'll be he'll be a fun guy to watch. Milliken is only a junior, by the way. Yeah, so scary. So one more year of him. And it's not like the schedule gets any easier. They play a 5-0 and Harlan-Iowa team. We don't know how good they actually are. but And then they go into the Trailblazer Conference Tournament. Um, and then they have a couple easier with Ralston and Hastings, both under 500. But then they finish the year with at Crete, 7-7, seven and, seven, and at DC West, who's 10-4. and four. So we'll see how this Platteview team does. I'm interested to see um, where they go from here. NNC won again, maybe the most chaotic class of them all. Carney Catholic wins over Hastings St. Celia and C2. That's a big result there. And then, Luke, you were there yesterday. Yep. Auburn beats Fall City Sacred Heart. Sacred Hearts, the D2 uh, number one team, and that is a very good quality win. Yeah, I was super interested to see um, just how Auburn was going to react. I mean, I'm not sure how much stock they really put in their winning streak. I'm sure it was, you know, maybe in the back of their minds a little bit, and obviously they were they were disappointed to see it go. But, you know, losing two overtime games, the six-overtime thriller, <laughs> you know— I, it, it it takes a little bit out of you, you know, to to be that close and lose some of those games. But man, they brought the energy to this one against uh, Fall City. Really impressed, just uh, by the way that the offense operated. You know, they played out they played out with tempo. You know, they they really ran ran things with purpose. You know, head coach Jim Weeks, he still he's yelling, he's stomping. You know, he's as animated as ever, uh, getting those kids to do all the right things. So Marcus Petrago Hudson, he had a huge game. A great three-point shooting presence. Ryan Dixon, Ryan Binder, uh, both great guards who who did a great job scoring. So I saw that after seeing that Auburn team in person, you know, it, it definitely has you know the same lookings as a few of those other state tournament teams. Obviously, you have different players, you know, different skill sets, but I think the scoring, the defensive ability, definitely had had the makings of a, a group that'll be very tough to beat in March. A note on Fall City Sacred Heart. They have very quietly, I feel, they've lost four out of their last five games, including two straight, the Medecas Conference Tournament. That was this past week in Beatrice. So they're reeling a little bit, but I mean, it's Doug Goltz. Yeah, so. for sure. And, you know, I'm making the D2 rankings every week, and I'm looking at, 
you know, these teams with one or two losses right behind them. But when you're playing up three classes like that in particular, I mean, I, I find it very difficult no. to say any bad words <laughs> about, you know, scheduling a game like that. And definitely uh, Auburn co-head coach Jackson Weeks, he said, we'll both just get better because of that. So, Well, maybe I should mention that all four of those losses, I mean, including their five season losses, have all come to teams in Class C. So. Yeah. That tells you a little bit about the schedule that that Goltz likes to do because he is in charge of scheduling. He's also the activities director at Fall City Sacred Heart. Uh, then in C2, finally it happened. The game was canceled. It was an early season game, but it finally got rescheduled. Humphrey Lindsay Holy Family gets a 47-45 win over Howell's Dodge rematch of last year's state championship in D1. This time they're both in C2. Man, that must have been a fun one. Absolutely. It looked like a, a pretty packed gym in Humphrey, too. Uh, you know, came down to the last play. I think a, a defensive stand for the Bulldogs as well. And I've, I've had him on top of, of C2. No reason to change it, obviously, after that result. But, I mean, a two-point win, state tournament time, anything can yep. happen. So I'm sure Howell's Dodge will be pretty heartened by how close that was and knowing that they might get another shot at them down the road. Again, it's all what happens in March, baby. Yeah. Absolutely. All that happens in March. Well, that's what's happened around the Nebraska basketball high school scene. And we're going to mix it up a little bit. We have our Prep Extra Podcast mid-season awards. We got MVP, Surefire Score, Best Underclassman, Best Forward and Post, Underrated Hero, and Coach of the Year, both on the girls' and boys' side. We'll take a break and come back with those awards after this on the Prep Extra Podcast. Don't go away. Welcome back. Prep Extra Podcast. It's award time. We're giving out our mid-season awards. We decided we'd change things up a little bit. And we, I think it'd be cool to hand some awards. Luke, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're a, a player out there and you, know, you get the, the shout-out on the Prep Extra Podcast, I mean, what's better yes, than that? Yes, exactly. Receiving an imaginary <laughs> award over the internet. It's only mid-season. True. True. Postseason, you know, maybe yeah. we can put a trophy together yeah. or something. something. Yeah, we'll get on that. <laughs> We're gonna save MVP for last. So let's start with underrated hero. And on the girl, we're gonna start in girls. We have named Bella Keaton from Fremont and Delaney White from Norse. Yeah. So a couple of these categories, you know, very difficult to decide between, you know, one or two players. So just checked them both in there. And particularly Bell Keaton, that's an experienced guard up there in Fremont. You know, obviously the attention's on Taylor McCabe, but Keaton, more the point guard action with McCabe there in the shooting guard role at times. And and she does just a great job running that offense, you know, making sure they get the post touches to, you know, to to ensure the defense isn't sagging out there on on the three-point line. Uh, McKenna Murphy, another great player for Fremont. But Keaton, you know, just kind of an all-around player, good defense too. Always brings great energy, uh, really impresses me whenever I see her play. And another player from Norris who kind of does similar things, Delaney White, great softball player, uh, two-sport athlete there, you know, great great during the basketball season, 13.4 points and 6.8 rebounds per game. Despite being a little bit shorter, you know, she plays there in the post too. Just a tough player who who does a lot there for Norris. Big reason, I think, why why they've had so much success so far. 
Those were your underrated heroes. And now moving up to best forward slash post. She's really come on this year. Donnelly Washington from Lincoln Northeast. And she has really carried this Rockets team to some impressive wins and keeping them in close games. For sure. Whenever you watch that Northeast girls team, I think really with Washington, what you're most impressed by is she doesn't take any plays off. You know, she's just hustling up and down the court, being a force on the boards. I mean, when you put out that level of effort, it's it's very tough to maintain over the whole game, but she really does. And right now, number two on the rebounding charts, 15 rebounds per game, according to Max Preps. And just a couple times I've watched her, Pius the, the 10th head coach, Ryan Soda, said she's the best post in the state. Our fearless leader, Clark Grell, he agrees. And definitely, I... You know, I just have to say, watching her, she she really has that Division One potential. Plays fast, really decisive. Uh, you know, decisions with the ball, really understands the game pretty well, and uses her size uh, always to her advantage. And maybe we should note that we did get some assist from Clark Rowe, who yes. has the speed. Um, moving on to best underclassmen, we have two. We have Peyton McCabe from Omaha Scott and Myla Weirs from Diller Odell. Yeah, McCabe, you know, she she had a great season last year as a freshman, you know, turned up in the state tournament too and, and had some great scoring, you know, despite the bright lights there as a freshman. And she's been even better as a sophomore too. Uh, had a huge game in that win over, over Elkhorn North. Definitely, Scott would not be undefeated and, and where they are without her. So you you have to put her there at the top of the list. And But then you have Miley Weirs, who's a, a true freshman, you know, just uh, just walked onto the varsity, averaging 21.5 points per game, number two in the state right now. Uh, so if, if Diller Odell has any ounce of success this year, I, I'm sure she'll be the reason why. And then going on to our surefire scorer, Ruthie loomis Godel, part of the Godel sisters and who's leading that Bridgeport team. She's averaging 20 points a game, and a big reason why Bridgeport is now number, they are number two yep. in C2. And the thing with, with Ruthie loomis Godel too, is she has a good size, and she can just score in a whole variety of ways. I mean, definitely not a one-dimensional player. Post, you know, shooting, three-pointers, anywhere that she picks up the ball, I'm sure she's a threat to score. Obviously, a, a, a D1 recruit for a reason. And our, our honorable mention on that one, we'll say Ania Webb from Omaha Central, also a 20-point-per-game scorer at the Class A level, too. So really impressive from from both of them to average 20 a game. And then we're going to go to our Coach of the Year, the Girls Basketball Coach of the Year. They will do MVP. And we give that honor to Kip Colony from Omaha Scut. And right now, the Omaha Scut, they are undefeated 12-0 as they enter the River Cities Conference Tournament this next weekend. Really impressive group there um, in Omaha Scut. Yeah, had to replace quite a few starters from last year, too, if I remember correctly. And, you know, Kip Colony, he had a great job at, at Millard West, too. Uh, you know, has, has been among the coaching ranks for a while. Uh, let's see, I believe over 400 wins there at Millard West. So, you know, coming to Scott, you know, obviously a, a very athletically gifted program, a lot of talent in there. But to build up, you know, that, that state championship drive, that's the challenge for every coach, and so far this year, nobody's been able to top them at Class B. They're having a phenomenal year. All those players are kind of hitting their strides, exactly what you look for in a coach of the year. And uh, big win over Elkhorn North. 
Yeah. 63-54, the only team to push them so far this season and actually beat them so far. But speaking of Elkhorn North, the MVP in our midseason worlds and girls basketball is Britt Prince from Elkhorn North. Pretty clear-cut choice, I would say. I mean, she's a top 50-rated guard in the country right yep. now in leading an Elkhorn North team who I would still say is the favorite to win the Class B state title. Omar Scott's going to be right there with them. But Britt Prince, pretty clear-cut. Best player in the state as, as a sophomore, which is scary, you know, considering she'll have two more years to, to do some damage. If all goes to plan, probably a four-time super stater as well, which, you know, I'm sure that's a very, very small list of people, yep. if anybody. And don't have her stats, not available on max prep. So not sure exactly what she's averaging per game. Definitely going to be in the 20 mark, I believe, last I saw a couple weeks ago. And she makes that whole Elkhorn North team tick. She's got Division One coaches coming in and, and visiting her during pretty much any open <laughs> yeah. period, as will continue, I'm sure, for, for the next few years, months and years, until uh, – you know, she finds the right college for her, but just an absolutely phenomenal player to watch. Ball handling, scoring, effort. She does it all. And, you know, every time you watch Britt Prince play, you're definitely, you know who the best player yeah. on the court is. Yeah. There are the midseason awards, awards for the girls' basketball side, the illustrious award that we have given them. Yep. And now moving on down to boys' basketball. We'll go in the same order. Underrated hero. We'll start with someone who. A little underrated even during football season. It was a big part why they won the state championship. Trey Bird from Bennington. He was the quarterback for that state football championship winning team. And he gets our underrated hero award here on the boys' side. Yep. We could give it to him for football, too. He did a, a great job stepping in there at QB, helping them for their state title run. And I'll tell you what I like about him for the Bennington basketball team is really an all-around guard. Uh, they have Austin Holtz, who I think is a, a great scorer. They rely on him for a lot of that scoring, but Birdie does a great job, you know, keeping the ball moving. Always good to pick up a couple of assists, you know, a couple buckets when they need it per game. You know, just just one of those all-around guards that, you know, if you were to get hurt or, or sick, you know, miss a game or two, I think it would be a, a, a night and day difference there for Bennington. Uh, just a, a great player, you know, really excited to see what this Bennington team does. A few of those same players from the football team, but – a few new players, too, and, and still having a lot of success there as a top-five team. There's Bennington. And then the best forward slash post. He's taking up the man left behind by Hunter Solace and St. Thomas, yeah. the leader of Miller North. It's Jason Green, averaging nearly 19 points and 10 rebounds a game. Again, really a clear-cut choice. I like to call that that a walking double-double. Yep. You know, any, any time he steps <laughs> in the gym— uh, you know it could happen. Also, second most uh, blocks per game in the state right now, averaging just under four, which is you know phenomenal on the defensive end to deny those scoring opportunities. And obviously, you know there's a reason why he's a, a high level Division one recruit. He has all the physical traits that you need, and he he sees the game very well. I think Coach Cannon has done a great job, you know, drilling him in that Miller North offense. They need him in the high post. If they need him in the pick and roll. He really does it all, and, and, man, he's just fun to watch. He is committed to Creighton, so he'll be staying in the metro area. Best underclassmen. Again, we're dividing it to two players. We have Marcus Glock from Wahoo, part of the reason why they are so highly rated in C1, and then B.J. Bradford from Lincoln Southeast. Yep, Marcus Glock, he, you know, a very highly touted 
young player freshman year he came in and I think pretty inconsistent you know and I am I'm sure he'd probably agree with that he had some big games uh, some big misses well this year he's been very consistent so far uh, 14 point a game score there for Wahoo and it when they win it's it's oftentimes him and Owen Hancock they're two leading scorers you know they're they're there every night and if if Glock is doing is doing his stuff if he's you know making the shots he's a, a great three-point shooter a great mid-range as well a fantastic guard and and just seeing him as a sophomore definitely got a lot of room to grow and then our surefire scorer Isaac Trout Virginia commit and from Grand Island he lights up the scoreboard almost every time he goes on the court as well as Carter Templemeyer from Lincoln East who also can pour in some baskets yeah Trout I mean that's a a guy who we all knew could could do it, but you know, seeing him on Sports Center, you know, seeing him night in, night out, uh, drop those twenty-five point games has really been super impressive. You know, there's there's really not a guy I think, you know, apart from maybe our MVP, uh, who who you see come in the gym and you're like, there's no way, there is no way we can guard <laughs> him. I mean, six foot nine, he's he's a pure shooter. You know, he's he's going to one of the top college basketball programs in the whole country. Uh, just the the complete package there, and I I feel bad for Carter Templemeyer to come yeah. after that. Not that <laughs> not that you're not all that Carter too, um, but he's just arrived on on the varsity scene for East this year, and just been their guy. I mean, man, he can score in a lot of different ways. I think he's one of the best finishers at the hoop that I've seen. You know, up and under, using his weak hand, he can he can pretty much do it all there at the rack and great three point shooter as well. When they need a clutch bucket at the end of the game, I'm sure that's who East will look to. And if they if they go on to achieve anything big, I mean, we remember Carter Glenn last year. It's it'll be Templemeyer this year who leads them all along the way, averaging 17 points a game. Pretty impressive for the junior. And then to our coach of the year, we're staying in the city. Monty Ritchie from Lincoln Northeast, leading the Rockets to their best start to a season since 05-06. Just impressive turnaround for a Lincoln Northeast team that just hasn't been there the last few years. They were kind of they were there last year. They were competitive last year, uh, but before that, they were just down bad. And now, just a great turnaround, and Maya Ritchie is right there at the helm of it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think they had a losing year three seasons ago, um, so that you know the jump up to you know playing at kind of like a 500 level last year to finally a top 10 team is is huge enough. You know, winning the hack, I think yep. that's a huge achievement for them too. Uh, that has not happened in a while either. And what I particularly like, you know, something that deserves noticing too is, you know, these players have come up in the Northeast program. You know, they've they've been working. You know, they've they put in as much work as Coach Ritchie has too, and he has a great bond with those players. You know, they they trust each other so much. Uh, you know, they know that they're always going to have their back. You know, be out there win or lose. And that, that definitely shows on the court, you know, that's a team that, that plays with a lot of heart and will continue to do so all year long. They are at 11-2, and two and I'm, they're my team of the year. So I'm following them closely. I need the Rockets to make state. I need it. I need it. And then to finish out, our MVP, he dropped 55 points against Nebraska City last week. It's Connor Milliken from Platteview. I don't know if you can't give it to a player if he drops 55 <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, the the state's leading scorer, and particularly, you know, if you look at a Platteview team that has Milliken versus, you know, say an average guard who scores seven points a game, I mean, 
the change is just ridiculous to, you know, maybe look at their schedule, look at the games that they wouldn't win, you know. We're not going to play that game. We're going to play the Milliken yeah. scores, you know, <laughs> 20 points a night every game. That's what they're going to do. And so far this year, only two games under 20 points uh, against Boystown and Elkhorn, both wins, low-scoring wins as well. You know, he's he's in that 20-point mark a lot, uh, scored 35 against Wahoo, 34 against North Platte, 32 against Gross earlier this year. And, yeah, that 55-pointer, that I mean. Geez, that's ridiculous. That's gonna that's gonna take a while to be topped. Yeah, man, impressive, impressive by Connor Milliken. He is your MVP of our midseason awards on the boys' side. That was fun. I'm glad we're glad we decided to give out our illustrious new yep. award show. Wait for the postseason. Yes, it'll, it'll only be even grander. Yes, then. exactly. Well, Luke, let's look ahead to what we got going on this week. We're gonna start in girls basketball. Lincoln Southwest and Fremont had a game that was delayed, and now they are scheduled for next Tuesday. But Southwest, they have a difficult weekend. They play Lincoln Northeast and Kearney, and Kearney's been scrappy. For sure. And, I mean, after, I think, almost two weeks off, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if they go to the same game speed. You know, I'm kind of interested to see that there haven't been, you know, there there have been quite a few postponements, but it hasn't been that widespread um, you know, because you look at the COVID numbers, our, our K-12 uh, reporter here at the Journal Star, Zach Hammock, he does a great job. I believe 9% of LPS students right now, uh, you know, sidelined or, or quarantining because of COVID. And obviously athletes are are not immune from that. No. You know, it, it runs through those populations too. So Southwest, that's going to be something that they have to come back from. You know, we'll see if those numbers were there. Uh, you know, I was when I was at the Lincoln High boys basketball game, you know, they've had trouble just practicing, um, you know, due to numbers, players out. So I'm sure that's happening with a lot of different teams, too. So for Southwest, it's going to be really important to keep up, you know, some of that same momentum that they were, you know, building before they had to take this long break. And Northeast and Kearney, those will be great tests, but yep. that Fremont game definitely stands out. Also in Class A, it seems like it's rivalry week. Miller South, Miller North, Bell East, Bell West, and Lincoln East, and Lincoln Northeast as well. Yep, and some top 10 games there, especially that Miller South, Miller North game will be big. I'm sure those Mustangs will be pretty eager to to knock South off the top spot if they can. And those other two are, are fun, you know, some evenly matched rivalry games as well. Then in Class B, just down the road, Wahoo travels to Waverly, which is a pair of ranked teams. And then in C2, North Bend Central is at Oakland Craig. Yep, so a pair of cross-class games. Always fun to to see, you know, match them up against, you know, some teams who they won't see at state, but you might feel are pretty similar in quality. Really interested to see Wahoo. You know, they're a C1 contender. That Waverly team's a little up and down, but at home, you know, they're going to be a tough team to beat. Moving on to boys basketball again, another big one in the city, Lincoln Northeast, Lincoln Southwest, round number two. That one's going to be pretty fun, I have to say. Yeah, huge game for both teams, you know, losing last week to uh, a top 10 opponent. You know, it's definitely going to sting if you follow that up with another big loss, you know, in a big chance. Northeast, you know, if they lose, then it's a case of, you know, sliding from that great start. If Southeast loses, you know, sorry, Southwest, you know, beaten by Northeast twice, that's going to hurt too, uh, you know, to be that notch below them kind of among the city. But I'm expecting big things, you know, the way that Northeast plays, the way that 
Southwest has shown a lot of potential. I, I have a feeling, you know, I'm going to be there in the fourth quarter, yep. and we'll we'll not know who's going to win yet. <laughs> Big matchup in the Metro as well. Creighton Prep taking on Omaha Westside. I mean, even the impressive weekend Miller North has, Westside's not dropping from the top spot until they get beat. And I mean, Creighton Prep, yep. they could pull it off. For sure. I mean, they, they have some great players. Martell Evans, uh, one of their creative guards, Luke Jungers, uh, an Omaha basketball commit right there. You know, they, they have a bunch of different guys who, who can score it on any given night. And particularly, I mean, at Westside, that is going to be a packed, sold-out yeah. gym. Not a single spot, really, to, to get in at any point. So, you know, the pressure will be there, you know, the environment, the atmosphere. I have a feeling Westside will be able to, you know, handle it pretty well and and continue as that undefeated number one. But if prep hits on all the right things, it's definitely possible to come in and pull a huge upset for them. And then in Class B, this is not for sure, but a very likely Omaha Scott versus Omaha Roncalli. That's number one versus number two. It would be in the second round of the River Cities Conference Final. And again, Scott has kind of divided itself, but Roncalli, they destroyed Platteview, and Platteview at the time was number three. So we'll see how close one this could be. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, really end-to-end, very difficult to separate Scott and Roncalli when they met the first time. So you can hardly just imagine how a, a second game, you know, Roncalli with the ability to make adjustments, only a couple of weeks later, too, you know, it's not like they've had a month, you know, to let things simmer down, too. So they'll be pretty familiar. You know, that, that Scott team, they win a lot of hard-fought games, keeping up with the scoring. I mean, that Ron Colley team can really score, and they push them in that first time. So I'm interested to see if Ron Colley can maybe outscore them and really push the pace in, in round two. And I'll correct myself real quick. If they would meet, it would be in the conference final. And then lastly, Wayne is at Hardington Cedar Catholic. That is also a cross-class matchup, C1 and C2. Yep, Wayne, one of those teams in, in C1 that's just behind the top. You know, they've They've had a great start to the year. I think this is a huge test. Cedar Catholic been a very tough uh, defensive team. Played some real battles so far. Played a really tough schedule. So I think they'll they'll go into that one uh, pretty fired up. A home game against Wayne, and whoever wins that will will be a big boost uh, moving forward. Well, that's all what's happening and what's ahead this week in the high school basketball scene. Luke, where are you going to be? Yeah, definitely. Uh, interested to see the the northeast southwest game tomorrow night uh you know we'll uh we'll have all the coverage up there on prep extra you know to to see everything from the game too and some some big girls games going on as well over the weekend uh, i'll catch uh the lincoln east boys game uh in a, in a couple of days as well so you know stay tuned uh for all the coverage we'll have a, a couple different riders out there to to cover the games in and around the city so going to be a, another fun week of basketball for sure make sure to stay tuned to prepextra.com for all those gamers ratings features everything you need to stay connected to the high school sports scene and before we go away just want to give a shout out to my co-host here for winning the nsma sports writer nebraska sports writer of the year luke congrats my man well deserving thank you and i'm you know this podcast plays into it so maybe i'll give you a little sliver of my trophy hey you know, there we a, go as a show of good faith, but, <laughs> you know, honestly, thank you to, to all the readers and listeners, all of you. If you're still with us, you know, with at the end of the episode, you're, our, you're some of our favorites, you know, sticking around for the whole time. So we really appreciate, you know, the support every week. It, it means a lot to us that, 
you know, this content doesn't go unheard at it is genuinely enjoyed by by all of you, so thank you for that. Even with all our hot takes, yes. we're glad you... How, with how wrong we yes, are all the time. Yes, exactly. We're glad you stick around. That's going to do it for this edition of the Prep Extra Podcast. That's Luke Mullen. Follow him on Twitter at LMullen7 for all the latest updates. And you can follow myself, Jeff Ekstrom, at Sports as well. Thank you so much for listening to the Prep Extra Podcast presented by the Lincoln Journal Star. Now... Go out and enjoy some basketball.